Are you ready to let go? That is a good question. Or in um, blunter words, um, drop it. If you think of that phrase, drop it, uh, that is what um, it, uh, runs through the passage today. Um, just before I get to the passage, though, um, I just want to acknowledge what we just did, um, which was, uh, in case you forgot, uh, we spent some time in sung worship. And just as we were singing, I just had a sense uh, to just share this encouragement uh, that as we worship, as we sing our songs, we are singing victory songs because Jesus Christ has won the victory. Jesus died and rose again so that we can follow him through death to a life that continues with God forever. And so the greatest thing that people fear, um, apart from tax time, is death. And Jesus has conquered death. And so when we sing our songs, uh, we may not always feel like it, but we sing them uh, to enter into that place of worshiping the living God and reminding ourselves uh, that Christ has won the victory. Christ has run the, won the victory. There is power in the name of Jesus. And that's the power we see at work in this story today. But I just wanted to link those two things because it's easy sometimes to think, okay, we've done the worship bit. Now we watch the video bit. Now we'll listen to the sermon or think about what's going to be for lunch later on today or where we might go because it's a nice day or that kind of thing. And then we get distracted from realizing that the whole thing fits together. And so as we hear the word of God um, preached, it is different um, because of the time we spend worshiping. And that's why we sing uh, more than one song and so on. But this isn't a sermon on worship. I just felt the need to just uh, draw the link um, because that power that we sing of and speak of is the power uh, that we see at work here. Now we're at the fun part in Luke. Jesus was in the temple. He said some stuff. They didn't like it, and off he went out of Nazareth. In Luke chapter 5, uh, we're getting into the fun stuff, which is the miracles. And who doesn't love a good miracle, eh? A few people, thank you. One person likes miracles. You know, most of us, we like miracle stories. They're the fun stuff. Later on, as those of you in life groups know, we get to the difficult stuff. We get to the really difficult uh, bits of Luke's gospel where we feel like giving up. We feel like giving up because it's really hard. And Jesus says it's hard. And we sometimes think, I'm not sure we believe you, Jesus, but it's hard. But today it's the fun stuff. Jesus is calling his first disciples uh, at the start of Luke chapter 5. There they are by the lake of Gennesaret. Gennesaret is another name for the Sea of Galilee or the Sea of Tiberias. Gennesaret is only used, uh, is, is named in that word here. Um, in other parts of the Bible, it's called the Sea of Galilee or the Sea of Tiberias. But it's the same place. It's a lake, 700 meters below sea level, and approximately uh, 11 by 20 kilometers. Uh, 11 one way and 20 the other um, is the, the measurements. Um, I measured it myself. No, I didn't. Actually, I read it in a book. Um, but uh, it's, it's not massive, but it's not tiny. So there are lots of fish. Um, I would ask if there were any fishermen here today, but I'm guessing with the weather being as it is, if there are any fishermen, they're probably out fishing this morning and they're not here. Um, but uh, Jesus is there. Um, he sees two boats left by the fishermen who are washing their nets. He got into one of the boats and asked to put him out to shore a little. 
Um, of course, the reason he does that is because the sound um, of, of the voice projecting from um, the lake to the shore um, is actually quite good acoustics doing it. So it, it, it's not as silly as it sounds. Um, when he finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into deep water, so get the boats out there, and then drop it. Drop the net. And Simon Peter, um, he's called Simon at this point, but Peter later, so I'm using both just so we know it's the same person. Um, Simon Peter said, um, Master, we have worked hard all night. We haven't caught a thing. But because you say so, I'll let down my nets. Now, the word master here is used in the same kind of way we might use the word sir. Um, and I have found, from my experience working in complaints, um, that um, the word sir tends to be used when you have a really annoying customer in front of you. And, and you just want to say something. And so you say, sir, <clears throat> like this, you know, in that kind of tone of voice, or madam. Um, and, uh, and, you, and you might notice that. So if someone calls you sir or madam, now you know you're going to be paranoid that they're in a mood with you uh, when you see them. Sorry about that. But uh, I, I think that's what I found, is, is that the word sir isn't generally used in a, in a way to try and say, oh, you're wonderful. It's, it's normally um, a bit tongue-in-cheek. And I think that is the, the context of Simon Peter using the word master here. Um, because Simon Peter is a fisherman. That's what he does. And Jesus, at this point, is a carpenter. And so if the carpenter was giving advice on how to fix the boat, how to make the perfect join that wouldn't let the water in, then probably Simon Peter would be very happy to listen. But he's not. He is telling a fisherman, who's probably been out all night fishing and hasn't caught anything, or not very much, to go and put the nets out in the middle of the day. And. Uh, that's kind of what's going on in his mind. But he says, all right, but because you've said so, I'll do it. And so they drop it. They drop the nets. They let go of the nets into the water. As soon as they did it, it says there was such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. And so they signaled uh, using their cell phones to the guys on the other boat, and they brought them over, and the other boat came there, and they had two boats, and they're trying to get all the fish into the boats, and there were so many fish, it says, that the boats began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. Do you notice what he calls him now? He's moved away from calling him master, sir, to Lord. We can see uh, the scales falling from Peter's eyes as he sees uh, who's in front of him. That this is not just the carpenter. This is not just someone to call sir or master. This is someone with power who is to be called Lord. It says, he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish. They'd probably never seen as big a catch of fish as this. And I can say that quite confidently because if they had seen bigger catches, then they would do what any business owner would do. Well, if we're going to catch this many fish, we should get a bigger boat and bigger nets. We'll make more money if we do that. 
So this was, they'd never seen this kind of a catch. This was the biggest catch of their careers. And sometimes what Jesus does to us is, um, uh, um, is gives us something to watch and to look at that helps us realize following him will come at a cost. He's given them the biggest catch of their careers, but it wasn't about anything they did. It wasn't about the cleverness of having the boat in just the right portion of the lake where the fish happened just to be eating on some algae that were floating below the surface, and oh, here's a net, we'll swim into it. This was a miracle. It was a miracle. It was a God-ordained moment. And there they are, the biggest catch of their careers. And they're at a crossroads because it's about to be their last. Why? Because Jesus says, from now on, I will call you fishers of people. And of course, we know what the purpose of fishing is in that scale. Good job, it's not an interactive service. Uh, the purpose of fishing on that scale is we're going to eat the fish, right? We're going we're gonna to eat the fish. They're going to be dead. The purpose of catching the fish is so that we can kill them. I'm sorry if you're a pescatarian or whatever the one is that um, doesn't eat fish. Um, but uh, you get the point. The purpose of catching the fish is so that the fish will meet their end on my barbecue and your barbecue. And what a nice day to be barbecuing today. 11 degrees it's supposed to going to get up to. Anyone going to be barbecuing later? Maybe? So they catch the fish, and the fish are going to meet their end. And so Jesus says, from now on, you will be, instead of being fishermen, fishers of men. Play on words, or instead of being fisher people, you'll be fishers of people. And the people you catch, rather than being dead, rather than being alive and you killing them, which would be murder, um, but rather than being alive and you killing them, as you do with the fish, you're going to catch people who are dead in their sins, and you will see them become alive in Christ. So they've gone from being fishermen who catch fish who are alive, who end up later on dead, to catching people who are dead in their sins and their transgressions and are made alive in Christ. Do you see what I did there? I think it's quite clever, uh, but that was just me. Um, amusing myself in my own sermon. But uh, they're going to be alive. And so he doesn't tell them it's not an opportunity. You know, in, in life, if someone gives us a, a job opportunity, often they will, um, they'll call us up or they'll message us and say, I've got this great opportunity, here are the new benefits, you get a company car, um, you know, you, you, you get your, your transit card paid for so you can commute, um, or, or we'll give you this, this bonus or this kind of thing, and we'll give you five weeks annual leave, seven weeks annual leave, you know, and you think, okay, and you go home and you think about it and you look at the, do I want to take this job, is this going to be better for me? Jesus doesn't give them the opportunity of becoming disciples. He says, from now on, there's a, um, I believe it's called a continuous imperative. There's, it's happening now and it's carrying on. It starts in this moment and it carries on. It's not, a, it's not a choice that you get to choose. From now on, you are called. You are doing this. You are a disciple. 
it's interesting just seeing they don't seem to have much option but to respond. And it says, they pulled their boats on the shore, they dropped everything, and they followed him. So they drop the nets and catch the biggest catch of their careers. And then they drop the boats. They drop the nets on the shore, and they go off as disciples. How is a disciple different to a follower? You might be thinking, they didn't just go to follow Jesus. They were called as disciples. Disciple, um, the root of the word is similar to the word discipline in English. Um, and, uh, and so disciples um, are not just people who follow Jesus and live out their faith, um, but they are also evangelists. Disciples make disciples. On the church sign, it says, living and sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. And so um, that's putting it in kind of plain English. But if you want it in churchy language, we are about discipleship and evangelism. Discipleship means living lives uh, that are disciplined in the way that we follow Jesus. And that we make disciples. Disciples who make disciples who make disciples. And the, that is the, uh, the sharing bit, the evangelism. It's no good having this faith and keeping it to ourselves. You know, when they go out to become fishers of people, they catch people who are dead in their sins and transgressions and by the grace of God are made alive in Christ. And so that is the hope and the confidence that we can have and share with other people. And we find new ways to do it through the pandemic as a church. Uh, one of the ways we're now doing evangelism is via YouTube. Um, many of you uh, will be watching this on YouTube, um, and it's fascinating seeing when things take off. Um, there was a little video about a month ago, um, a YouTube short. If you know what YouTube shorts are, then you'll know about this. If not, they're 60-second uh, vertical, um, easy to watch on a smartphone videos. And so um, I did a series of YouTube shorts that are all less than 60 seconds long called Verse of the Day. Um, and there was one of them on Psalm... Um, it now. It was either 131 or 31. I think it was Psalm 31. And it's had 170 views and 30 people have clicked like. Now, just to put that in context, a typical Sunday service, if you add the two of our services together, um, we get about 60 views a week and um, about um, three people will click the like button. Uh, so, isn't it interesting seeing the new ways that we have to go out there and fish for people? Um, and, uh, and, and, and this thing is, is, is uh, I mean, it's not viral, you know, it's 170 people have watched it, but it just shows uh, what can happen when you put something out there that is an encouragement for people uh, and, uh, and then they catch it. And all of us have ways that we can, like the disciples, go out, live our faith and share it in the confidence that we sing about of knowing that our God is the Lion of Judah. He's He's, he's not, just, um, not just something to, to fall back on and to think, oh, it's okay, well, I kind of have a bit of a faith and I believe in God. But, but the, there is this power uh, that God has. And so as we think about how powerful and how awesome God is, that can remind us um, not to rest in our fears. Uh, this has been a season where so many of us have 
um, have, have rested in our fears, and many of those fears are, are well-founded, but there is a, a real importance, I think, in focusing on who God is, because as I find as I stand up here and sing or as I preach, um, I move away from dwelling in that place of worrying about the world and instead focus my eyes on God. Focus our eyes on Christ, the author and perfecter of our faith. Lean, faith, lean on the Holy Spirit to be at work within us so that we can know that real presence of God with us, sometimes feeling like the calm peace of the Spirit and other times firing us up ready to go and take the good news out. And so these disciples, they dropped the nets as Jesus told them to do, and they caught the biggest catch of fish they'd ever caught in their lives. And after they'd done that, they realized who Jesus was and the power he had. And so they dropped everything. They left their boats and their nets on the shore of the lake, and they followed him. And we are invited to do the same. We're invited to follow Jesus. And for some of us, we think, well, I'm already following Jesus. I'm already in church. I'm already watching church online at home. What more can I do? And I'm not going to answer that question, but I'm going to invite you to pray because God will answer that question. When you say, Lord, I'm already following you. What more can I do? What do I need to let go of? And you offer that to God as a prayer. Listen for the response. Because God calls us to do all sorts of things that we may not even think about. I felt the sense that what I needed to do in January was make some 60-second videos and put them on YouTube. And, uh, and, and, and for our church, uh, that has got us out to more people, which is awesome. I would never have thought of that. Um, and I can tell you the detail about why I picked Psalm 31 and stuff later, if you're interested, because uh, there is a method behind the particular videos that were made. So we don't have to work out what it is that God wants us to do. We just have to be ready to drop our nets and follow. So I would invite you to stand as I pray, um, and then we're going to sing in a moment. But um, Lord, I just pray for everyone here who, and anyone watching uh, who would love to be like the disciples who just dropped everything and followed you but everyone who feels held back, held back because they don't like their job, held back because there's a, a family situation that they're struggling with. Pray for anyone who is held back because these last two years have been really hard, be that with mental health especially, but also physical health. Lord, I pray for anyone who has even the smallest longing to take a step deeper in their faith today, that you would honor that. Help us, Lord, to let go, to drop our nets, leave our boats, and to follow you. Give us small ways, if that's what we need, or for anyone who is ready for doing something big, Lord, we just pray uh, that you would be with them now. Come, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen.